1: and a secret proceedings
2: Radio. greetings and salutations to all my fellow sky watchers thank you all for being here with us and listening live on this wonderful evening april 25th 2017 hope everyone is having a great week so far of course we're coming to you live from new logic studios down in miami florida located on what some would say is a third rock from a sun Right? Huh? A little third rock from my sun. A small warm place that some people call Earth. That's right. To our intergalactic listeners, I say uh, don't forget folks if you flip flop when you zippity bit bop bop, you're gonna have to bip zip zippity bip pop 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 and then take a seat. Now flat earthers drop a line, you know you know what I'm saying? I like, get take a seat. It's gonna be a fun show tonight. I am of course Angel Espino and uh, with me as always is my radio life mate the one and only the man born to one day replace Daniel Craig as the na- next James Bond, the one and the only, my pinky to my brain, Alan Wyler. look at this guy my friend
3: Thank you. I don't think I'm going to be replacing any James Bond in any future or parallel universe or anything, but thanks for the thought it's, hey, it's an now.
2: upgrade it's an upgrade from the pyramid scheme last you know week, and
3: what pyramid scheme? You you're the, you're, you're, you're going to do
2: a pyramid scheme show, and you're eventually going to host a, you know, money. No, I, that show. wasn't me.
3: That was no, that was someone else, man. You're thinking of someone else. No, that wasn't me. Sorry, but thanks for, thanks for thinking of me being. Okay, most kind of likely
2: stuff. to voted in high school, most likely to uh, one day host the Price Is Right, the one and only Alan Weiler. That's right.
3: Uh, if I stayed <laughs> in high school and didn't get kicked out, uh, would things be different? Ooh,
2: rebel without a clue over here.
3: I was an evil, evil kid. I got kicked out of two high schools. It was terrible.
2: I'd believe that because you're like an evil, evil man. Dun, dun, yes. Run, that, run, run. I mean, I, I, you know,
3: I, I, I did some bad things when I was a kid. I was a troublemaker. I admit it.
2: Were well, you like the kind of kid that uh, would finish, like, all his work in class, like, extremely early, just, to, like, bug the other kids and, like, make a scene and, and just disrupt Sometimes, the class? Yeah,
3: yeah that, that was me taking a test once in a while and... That and I did some other really bad things that I shouldn't have done. I, I, I was I was
2: a troublemaker. You're let's just say that you're evil, pure incarnated yeah. evil.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I got caught with the principal's daughters. in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a compromising position, we'll say. And uh, yeah, that got, that got me kicked out.
2: Well, that's why we love you here on Sky Watchers Radio because of the evilness and the stuff you did in high school. That w- w- it was, you know, borderline fornicating with the principal's daughters. Both of them, right? There you go. How did that go over, by the way? I mean,
3: uh, did it didn't go over well? When I would you, assume, so you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like he called me out in the middle of class. He's like, he's like, you are such a gigolo, and I'm like, first off, that's gigolo, and second off. I didn't charge your daughter's.
2: <laughs> At which point he said,
3: "Guess what? You're out of here." So yeah, that was that.
2: Well, that explains uh, a lot of the scars in you know, and around the area. That is the other guy.
3: Yeah.
2: Speaking it, of scars, it, it, speaking of scars, uh, we have a great guest tonight. No, no, no. Look, I, other guy. I know I say that all the time. We have a great guest, and then it's like, yeah, the second hour. When is this going to end? Yeah, oh, sure,
3: goodness. if you say so. Oh, thanks for yawning, man. Thanks for yawning.
2: You made me yawn. Well, you know, I was actually faking yawn. I'm sorry, you really yawned, but anyway. Usually we we get, you know, to say stuff like, you know, yeah, it's going to be a great guest, and then it's a yawner. But tonight it's not going to be a yawner. Tonight we have the one and only, hopefully, barring any major issues from the New World Order, any any uh, blockage of signals, anything that might stop this from happening, we're going to have Dennis Crenshaw finally live on the show.
3: Excellent. It's about flipping time.
2: Now, he was supposed to be on with us a couple of weeks ago, and it turned into uh, a hilarious episode, none of which had to do anything with Dennis Crenshaw, unfortunately. No, no, no but it was entertaining, <laughs> to
3: say the least, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah the only thing we... Yeah, the only thing we got out of Dennis was the, uh, a very, uh, poignant and Static-y. important word, and it was very staticky, and it was, FUCK! That's it, That's yep, what we that got. That was it, that was the that word. Was it. Yeah, yep. And, uh, you know, I, this is why I say The New World Order had a, a, a plot in hand To stop this interview from happening They were in place, ready to stop him There was some signal sent out I, I'm telling you, this is like the Area 51 caller On Art Bell's show He, he, the, had,
3: some, he had some critical information That no he one had,
2: was allowed to hear Remember dun, dun, dun. He is the Hollow Earth insider
3: Well, he hasn't been inside, has he?
2: Well, only he knows.
3: Okay. All right, as long as we're not going with another flying around Uranus joke.
2: Well, you never know, also on that, by the way. I might have a, a joke or two about that later. That's well, oh, later. That's later. Wow, well, you know you like no, those jokes. Don't. No, 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 please
3: don't. Anything but that. No, no,
2: please don't. Okay. I'll see you there for next weekend. <laughs> All right, please. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> Let me mute myself. I got to cough for a second. All
3: right, cough up a lung, cough
2: up a lung. Uh, much better, much while, better. I'm, so, I, I'm still trying to get over.
3: That, I'm going. To, I'm sorry. Uh,
2: go ahead I'm still trying to get over my my flu. Remember, I, I got sick a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm still getting over the, the 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 stuffiness and the 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 cold and the the headache. The root
3: canal and.
2: And and and, and, and and this is just me dealing with the other guy on a daily basis. Uh no, but uh you know, I'm now just starting to feel a little bit better, my voice is getting a little bit better and uh I still have a lot of phlegm in my throat though, which is kinda of weird.
3: Uh, it's a phlegmy phlegm phlegm. I,
2: it's funny, I had I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of nights ago and I found myself sounding like Yoda. I was like mmm.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh, you're doing a Yoda thing. Don't forget, May the 4th is coming up, so May the 4th be with you soon.
2: But it was natural. I wasn't even doing it on purpose. I just caught myself doing it. I was like, mm, interesting, I see. <laughs>
3: and
2: I was like, wait a second, that's Yoda.
3: Yeah. As long as the shorts is not with you, yeah.
2: So, hopefully I uh, get out of the Yoda mode after a while. This is how I came up with the character Pete Dickinson. Remember Pete from uh, Inside the Jackal's Head?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, we should actually
3: do that once in a while. You know, I I keep on forgetting, who was the comedian that always made those really crazy-ass skits where... He posed or had his friends pose as like really, really politically incorrect businessmen and talking about um, talking about you know he take he does interviews and oh damn it wasn't Paul Harvey not not Phil Hendry yeah that's Mm. it. Oh my God! He had some really funny, funny shows, like the the um, the escaped pedophile who ran yeah. the ice cream truck next next well, to the uh, school. Well,
2: the character Pete Dickinson is actually uh, in tribute to a character he created. And, oh, really? uh, Yeah, and uh, actually, Phil Hendry is one of my favorite radio guys. If not, I think the most talented uh, person to ever be on radio, to be honest. Uh, Phil Hendry is an amazing, amazing radio personality. He doesn't have his friends come on and do the, the voices of other people. No, 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 other guy, no, no. He no. does the voices himself.
3: Really? Oh, okay, He yeah. plays, like, he, if he plays he's had a black lady, really great.
2: If, if there's a black lady on his show, that's him playing the black lady. That's not somebody else, you know, phoning it in. No, that's him. And he does conversations with himself, uh, which just drive people crazy. Because it's Phil Hendry and that's what he does, and then he makes you call into the show. And uh, I think I talked about this once on the air here, where he has a skit called "All You Can Eat Negro." Remember that one?
3: Oh yeah, that. <laughs> that is so offensive
2: of a skit, and it's so hilarious of a skit, but it is so offensive that YouTube takes it down every time somebody posts it. It's just it's it's too too much, it's way too much. But it's very I mean, funny. I'm very sorry, funny.
3: his skits were great
2: still are check out phil if you want to know more about phil i uh, actually i subscribed to his uh website and uh it's a great uh you know i get no money out of this guys but it's a great website and uh downloads are awesome i mean this guy is still doing it he has videos now that you can see him actually do the uh the character voices and stuff and uh it's amazing actually uh it's funny because uh as much as i love phil um, right. I'll be, I was able to like reach out to him uh, a few years ago and he saw one of my videos that I posted and he's like, that's a real nice comment on it. And I was like, one of my heroes, left a nice comment on my video, this is awesome. And then, you know, of course, years later, I got to work with Art Bell a little bit here with, you know, Keith Rowland and stuff in Dark Matter. We got to work with them. Right. And, you yeah. know, I was like, yeah, put two of my heroes off the, uh, the list there. And, uh, before they, Who then, else are I your got-
3: heroes besides me?
2: Well, besides you, yeah. But before that, um, you know, I got to work with George Rodriguez and SoFlo Radio, which is one of my radio heroes. Him and Neil Rogers were, like, awesome together. And I grew up listening to all these guys. They all came up together. This is something a lot of folks don't know. Phil Hendry, Neil Rogers... Uh, George Rodriguez and the legendary Art Bell all came up together in the '90s on uh, WIOD here in Florida, and they had their main oh, shows really? stream out of Florida. Well, Art Bell technically was still kind of doing regular news stuff. He wasn't still, you know, he wasn't into the whole ufology, paranormal stuff at that time yet. Right. He was starting to like meddle with it a little bit, and like experiment with some of those topics, but I wasn't really into this stuff yet, and uh, they all came up together, and I grew up listening to these guys as a kid here in in Florida, and they're the ones that really got me inspired to get into doing some radio stuff as I I got older from listening to them go on the air, and uh, it's funny because I got to kind of interact in one way or another with all of them, except for Neil Rogers, who passed away, but I was invited to his funeral by George Rodriguez, and I went to the funeral, and... And I uh, got to meet everybody who was involved with the show back in the '90s, which was really, really cool. Um, I'm still friends with George, and we you know, we talk from time to time. But here's the here's the kicker. Tell me. Here's, here's the funny Tell part. Me. This is the ha ha. Oh, that's just terrible part of the whole story. Um, as I got to like meet some of my heroes, these are my idols, right? Phil Hendry Ryan. hates my guts. I think like he doesn't like me too much now these days. I don't know oh, what happened. Not? I don't know, but he blocked me from Facebook, and at one point I was friends with him. And uh, he blocked me from Facebook. He has actual friends of his on Facebook that were friends of mine first. They only knew about him because of me. Okay, Phil Hendry. And they blocked
3: you as well, too.
2: No, no, no. They didn't block me. They're, like, perplexed. They're, like, well, I don't know what what happened, dude. Like, you know, we're only friends with him and know about him because of you and... Why did he block you? Nobody knows. Like to this day, Phil Hendry has not explained himself, and it's weird well, because he's, he's friends with George also from South Florida, so they're all buddies. And I, I even asked George, I was like, "Do you know why Phil Hendry might have a grudge against me? Like, you know what's going on?" And George has no idea, and he's like, "Yeah, he's just, I don't know, man. I have no idea. You know, just he's like that sometimes, and you just got to let it be." And you know? I'm like, "All right, whatever." So that's kind of I've let it, you know, be for the last couple of years, but it bugs the hell out of me That's somebody that I idolized, you know, as a huh. kid. For some reason or another, just uh, said, you know what, uh, screw this guy, I'm gonna blo- block him. And then I asked him, I was like, why'd you block me? And he's like, eh, I'm gonna ignore him. And he never answered. And I'm like, how do you not answer somebody? Then I went on a different account. I was like, I figured, well, maybe he can't see me, you know, asking him questions Does he block me. So I went on a different account. I asked him, and he was, you know, kind of a smart ass about it. He was like, well, if you can message me, that means I didn't block you. And I'm like, no, you blocked my other account, dude. Like, not this account, but another account. And he's like, oh, whatever. And then he blocked that account. And I'm like, wait, damn it. <laughs> what did I do?
3: Bad politics, man. I don't know. But anyway, back to ufology. Uh, what else do we got planned for tonight? Uh, <sighs> what, what's on the agenda? Now that we've talked about this stuff, uh, you know we're fifteen minutes in. We haven't talked about any UFO news this week.
2: Well, Art Bell's kind of ufology related.
3: Okay. Well, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. He only uh-huh. mentioned his name, but okay. Fine. Well, I
2: know. close enough. What, we have, uh, what we, is- have a, a few, uh, we have a few we have a few blasts from the a hole. Coming up a little bit later this okay. so week. We have uh, at least four or five really good blasts this week uh, to go through. Right. Um, um, let me see. We have some news coming up here in the Wall of Weird pretty soon in the next couple of minutes. I was actually just stalling a little bit to see if uh, if our good friend Chris J. Brown was going to join us this week, but he hasn't replied yet.
3: Well, I think so. he's online, but I just don't think he's responding to you. I guess you pissed him off, too, huh?
2: I know. I know. What did, what did I do? Like, How am I pissing these people off? You spoke. That's what it is. You oh. spoke.
3: Excellent! <laughs> All right. Hang on one second. Uh Sorry, someone's just messaged me something about Star Wars Celebration from Latin the other week.
2: Oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, they want... Because that's, that's not an open sore wound that I'm still kind of, like, licking Yeah.
3: Ah, uh, sorry that you missed. Yeah, Sorry, uh-huh. I have someone asking me if I could still sell him one of the Funko Pops limited editions that I got at the show. And he wants to buy one. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll sell it for triple the money. Yeah, I could do that. Especially since it was a really limited, limited edition. Sure, yeah. It'll just give me gas money to make a trip down to Florida to visit you.
2: Ah, oh, there you go. Which you're not going to do anyway, so.
3: You know, you could meet me halfway and hang out with me, man. Come up to Disney, man, and party for a day or two. Come to the, uh, come to the water park. That way you can. That's a horror movie story, man. River. I don't
2: know. I don't know. That's You realize that's not like halfway. That's like four and a half hours. Like almost five hours for me. <sighs> sorry.
3: I I know, it's such a hard trip to actually get some downtime for you. You
2: you realize that I live even further down than you believe, because I remember I live near, like, Homestead.
3: Oh, I thought you were in Cutler Ridge.
2: Well, Cutler Ridge, yeah, but that's near Homestead, that's what I'm saying? Homestead's, like, ten minutes away.
3: Okay, so you're about 45 minutes south of Miami itself. Correct, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that is a little bit of a mission.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Oh,
3: damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh, well. Oh, well. You're still going to have to make it up here one of these days to get some relaxation time. Folks, we are actually Whoa. taking you know, <laughs> people, calling in and bitching at him to take some vacation time. He needs it. He needs it, folks. We're not going to do a GoFundMe page or anything, but he really needs his downtime and vacation.
2: Yeah. I really do. But um, it's never going to happen. All right. So it never, never happens to me, years. man. Never happened. All right,
3: fine. If it's never going to happen, let's change the topic. What's going on in the Wall of Weird?
2: No. All right, let's yeah, get to the Wall so of the Weird. Of we got a, a, that a that couple that. different items. Wall. Um, Weird. Let's see what? Well, I have I just, a, I actually have a, a audio for that. Do you have why, a sound? Why?
3: Do you really? What does it sound like? Uh, I've never heard it.
2: Is it, is it one that you were kind of close to? Were too far off?
3: Like, you do the echo, wall of weird, instead of like pigs in space from the
2: Muppets. Whoa, <laughs> <that of> again <laughs> weird. It's like wooden space, what?
3: Did you ever see pigs in space from the Muppets?
2: No, can't say I have, no.
3: Really? Oh my god, hang on one second. Uh, let me go to YouTube. No, not. You porn YouTube. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, I was just teasing. Uh, let me just find nice. this. Pigs in Space. From The Muppet Show. Okay. Hopefully I could do the audio of this. Uh, um, <laughs> Pigs in Space with Luke Skywalker. Actually, um, let me see if this can work. Hang on one second. Uh, they do do, they do the whole opening it's like a now. Okay, I'm putting the YouTube into the chat. This is hilarious stuff. Oh, on the spaceship swine trek. Um it's actually pretty funny. I'm going to give you the Star Wars episode because because that's ju- that's just funny. Uh I just got to find uh where's where are you? Okay, type message there. You there?
2: Yeah, I'm here.
3: Okay. Did that show up for you?
2: I'm sure he did. Chris Brown, welcome to the show, buddy.
3: Oh, my God,
4: it's
2: Chris Brown. Ah. That's right. He lives. What's everybody doing? It is alive. What's up, buddy? What are you doing?
4: Alive, I tell uh, you.
1: Well, I am. I am. I crawled out from underneath the rock. I Uh, know. Or the wife,
2: whichever, because he's been busy. (laughs) That,
1: too. By the way, Angel,
3: Angel... Angel, post that into the uh, chat group over there because this is hilarious.
2: Yeah, I see that. I see it. I'll post it in a second. Hold on. So, what have you been up to, my friend? Uh, that would, that would be your just.
3: Place.
2: Yes, I know. I've yeah, I'm I'm just not, not, been not, um, a friend.
3: not the pain in the ass here, so yeah, correct. Yes,
1: you're the, you're the other guy. Yeah. No, I I've just been uh, here at the house, uh, not doing much of anything, uh, getting ready for my springtime, because went went um, to my mom's for uh, three days this last weekend, and,
2: um... Oh, condolences, yeah. 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 So then well. anyway,
1: I had to go down there and, and, uh, see her, and, and, uh, go by my buddies, go by my sisters, see her, and, uh, here I am. Now I'm, uh, like I say, it's I'm no just superstars. getting here, uh, with you guys, now getting ready for my, um... NFL draft coming up here this weekend.
3: Well, who who are you rooting for to get picked first?
1: Well, I don't really have a real guy I want to go. I just have wants to go first. I just have the the the, the guys I want to go Obito! to to each individual team, you know what I mean? Want to okay. make sure they pick
3: pick the right guy. Let's say that. Is this part of your fantasy football thing?
1: Uh, I don't really play it too much, but uh, okay, yeah. Nah, all right, there you go. I never got, you know, I never know,
2: got into uh, fantasy football or baseball or basketball or soccer, fantasy rugby or whatever other fantasy sports that people play out there. I never really got into that. You know, it's kind of funny because I heard people play even like fantasy like wrestling. And I'm like, how the hell does that work? That you know, that's like rigged. Tag teams.
3: Tag
1: teams. Yeah.
2: How does that work? Like, you, know, it's, you know, you know the outcome is. It? I mean, they know the outcome. It's all it's scripted. Like, how does that Can work? you
3: play fantasy Yahtzee? I'm just wondering.
2: Probably could. Okay. Yahtzee. Anyway, Wall of Weird. Here we go. Uh, check this out. This is coming from Spacedaily.com. You ready, there, uh, other guy?
3: Yes, I am. Tell me, tell me. Are
2: you, all right. Are you ready, there, Christopher J. Brown? You ready to like throw your input on these uh, news items that we got from the Wall of Estranos? I'm weird. I'm ready. Well, yeah, we know that part already, but here we go. In in experiments on Earth, testing possible building blocks of alien life. Huh? Check that out. I'm going to post it now on the uh, Skype chat so everybody can check it out.
3: Speaking of life, has anybody seen that movie, Life, that's supposed to be in theaters?
2: Nope, but I heard it's good. The scientists are attempting to identify the amino acids building blocks that make proteins and support all life on Earth that might... It, that might feasibly form the basis of extraterrestrial life. Uh, the researchers have analyzed how an assortment of 15 amino acids, some found here on Earth in living organisms and some not found in living organisms on Earth, hold up in the face of extreme conditions found on other planets and moons. Uh, Claire Mamoser, Mamoser I, know, I wonder if she's related to um, Mon Mothma. Probably not an uh, undergraduate research. Yeah, yeah, probably not an undergraduate research assistant at the laboratory of Laura Rowe. at uh, And by the way, only Star Wars fans are going to catch that reference. By the way, but uh, moving mm. on. And uh, this is here at uh, Valparaiso, Valparaiso University will present the work at the American Society for Biochemistry and Molecular Biology Annual Annual Meetings. Uh, during the Experimental Biology 2017, so this is a very current meeting to be held on April 22nd through the 26th. So we're right in the midst of this thing. It's happening right now in Chicago, guys. This is, they're doing this right now in a different uh, extraterrestrial local. And I'm going to quote this. This is a quote: In a different extraterrestrial locale, the proteins are in an organism would not necessarily be the same of that of the organisms on Earth, so they might use amino acids that are known to us but not used to make proteins on Earth, said Mammothma. Our main goal here uh, with this research is to see if there are structural characteristics of some amino acids that lead to a higher uh, stability in extraterrestrial conditions and then to see what those characteristics might be. The team... Mm. Subjects of uh, vile amino acids uh, to extreme temperatures, pH, ultraviolet radiation, gamma radiation, and other conditions designed to mimic the Hulk's movements, no, to mimic environments on Mars. Uh, includes uh, the moons, Saturn's uh, Europa, the moon of Jupiter tracking the degree to the... Uh, the degree to which each amino acid remains intact or breaks down under these conditions, the team looks for patterns in stability of the amino acids themselves, with various characteristics such as large size, or the uh, ability to bend with wa- or bend with, or bind with water. Sorry, bind with water, which is interesting in itself. Of course, water is the number one um, thing you would need, according to science, to have life. Right? That's uh, the number one ingredient all planets need according to science as we know it, right, guys? That's, right. That's very true. Now, that's mm-hmm. uh, thinking inside the box, but not thinking outside the box, because, uh, of course, planets can develop in many different forms. And uh, there could be planets out there that have no water and still so have life. Completely mm-hmm. different life. This, yeah. uh, well, you
3: know, life doesn't only have to qualify as what we think life is. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Now, finding trends in amino acid stability would give us an idea of what sort of amino acids may have survived in outer space long enough to create life. Mm. So, in other words, they're looking for the midichlorians that create all life.
3: Let's not go into midichlorians.
2: Really? (laughs) I'm
3: sure glad you're reading that.
2: Yeah, it's it's a long read, right? Yeah, yeah. well. Eh, I do what I can. It uh he says here yeah, this work is exciting for uh, for us because there's a there's not a lot of previous work in this area, said uh Mon Mothma. Often uh, we are privileged to work on extensions of existing areas of research which have been pioneered by great minds in the field, in you Jospino, know, but this uh, project has been different in what we have done a lot of initial development ourselves. This is both a challenge and extremely exciting because just being a man, because there is a sense that we are not just gathering data but we're also making decisions about the best way to measure amino acids stability in our labs every day. So, they're, uh, they're looking for outside the box thinking, which I like. You know, like, what would, you know, life be on other planets outside of the Earth, outside the box that we condition ourselves in? Outside this. Well, there must be water, uh, for, uh, for life to survive. You know, without water, like, you, you can't survive. Right? No water, to survival. Right, guys? Yep. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Well, you sound excited about that news. Jesus. Oh, we are. Wow. Well, we're waiting for the good stuff. What else you got? That's the best one I have, by the way. That's the best story. Okay, what's the second
3: best? (laughs) Give me the second best. (laughs)
2: Ah. All right, here we go. There's other things. Oh,
1: I had sent you something, remember?
2: I just. Since
1: you and in Facebook And I said oh, we needed to talk About this
2: I'll take a look at that in a second But hey check this out This is another good story here I'm going to post it on the uh PSN chat, and by the way, all these are going to be posted as well over on our uh, Skywatchers uh, page, on our group page over on uh, Facebook, so if you go to facebook.com forward slash skywatchers radio, it's going to be posted right on there. If you guys want to join in on the conversation and drop in your two cents on any of these topics we're, we're talking about here, uh, call in, 786-245-8127 is the call in number. As always, just be absolutely fascinating when you call in. It's the only thing we ask. Come okay. on, folks, call in
3: and let's have a fun discussion.
2: There you go. Now, this uh, next article comes from uh, the San Diego. <laughs> San Diego. You know what that means?
3: No, tell mm-hmm.
1: us. Yes. Oh, wait, San Virginia. D- D- China. I was just going to go there. <laughs> I just didn't know if I if I should.
2: Well, this is from the Wheels Vagina right. Union Tribune. Okay. That's what that means. <laughs> All right. Why All right. have sightings of unidentified flying objects uh, around the nation more than tripled since 2001, another guy? Chris J. Brown. Really? Why does that happen? Yeah, wait, why? Okay.
1: Why? Uh, this video cameras are, uh, you know, I guess. I don't video know, cameras own, are
3: everywhere.
2: Own. In the no, words no, of uh, Donald Trump. Wrong. Now, why is July the busiest month for UFO sightings? Why? 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 Oh, everyone the July?
3: fireworks bring them out.
2: Wrong. Why did they okay. spike in Texas in 2008 or in New Mexico in September 2015? Why? 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 Uh, apparently, you have an answer to this, don't you? Yes, you do. Wrong. You I have no answers business. for nothing. I'm just posing questions to you guys. But these questions and many others emerge from the first comprehensive statistical summary of so-called close encounters and uh, they have 121,036 eyewitnesses so far counted for the organized uh, county by uh, county in each state and district of, Co- of Columbia from 2001 to 2015. That's 121,000 eyewitnesses guys. That's a lot. Uh-huh. That's a lot right. of
1: and I'm one, of, I'm
2: one of those guys. A lot of moonshine. Now, the unlikely, can, uh, says here, the unlikely, uh, can, uh, it was. It was
1: a lot of moonshine. I'm what? still feeling it.
2: Yeah. Now, says the unlikely UFO sighting desk reference is the work of a couple in Syracuse who, uh, crunched unruly data on UFO reports collected by the two volunteers. Really? So, uh, yeah, you'd think, right? Really?
3: I mean, people were rioting to tell them their story. I, they must have been so
2: unruly. Yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, you take my story, I'm gonna take your TV, and I'm gonna like, break some windows, I'm gonna riot! Okay, sir, just sit down, we'll take your story, relax, calm down. Okay, <laughs> okay. It was three in the morning, I was by myself, smoking a doobie. Next thing you know, I see light, and some rubber gloves, and I can't move. And you got probed. And I got probed. It felt so good. My only problem is this never happened again, and I'm depressed. One more time, please, aliens, come down. I mean, anyway, moving on. It says here, uh, the unruly data on the UFO reports collected by two volunteer organizations, uh, the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, and the National UFO Reporting Center, or NUFORC, New Fork. Hmm. So we got MUFON and hmm. we got New Fork. Alright. Alright. It is, a, uh, yeah, it is a reference that UFO researchers dreamed of having, says Gordon G. Spear. And, uh, he's a professor of physics and astronomy in the Sonoma State University in California, and he says he wrote the foreword uh, to the book containing no narratives or anecdotes, uh, counting just 371 pages of charts and graphs that slice and dice the geography and timing of the incidents and the various shapes and witnesses reported. Uh, in other words, uh... Some flying circles, some spheres, triangles, discs, ovals, cigar-shaped. Many uh, of the sightings turn out to be explainable, but the author says a small percentage defy resolution. Now, the author uh, the authors are Cheryl Costa, who actually we got kind of to meet Cheryl Costa over at Mufon. Um, other guy, I remember uh, Cheryl Costa? We we're going to interview uh, Cheryl. Yep. And then she disappeared.
3: Yep, she got abducted. It was terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened. It was it was the craziest thing. We went up to her desk. We're like, Cheryl, you're going to be next in about an hour, and she was like, awesome. She gives us thumbs up and everything. Is we were like all hyped. Then we look over at her desk like like 30 minutes later and wiped clean, just gone.
3: Well, she like I said, I, either she got abducted by the bellhop or by aliens. I'm not sure.
2: I don't know what it was, but a former military technician who was Cheryl Costa, and an aerospace analyst. Uh, said that uh, that her and her wife. That's right. Take just that stuff for a second, guys. Her and her wife, Linda Miller Costa, uh, is uh, who was a librarian at uh, Le Moyne College, and former librarian at the National Academy of Science, NASA, and the uh, Environmental Percentage Protection Agency. Uh, and I says you're working on the PCs. Amid sewing tables and disappearing from con- uh, conferences, uh, let me see here, uh, p- p- where am I? Okay, reading on the PCs amid sewing tables in the upstairs parlor, the uh, warmest room in their 100-year-old house, the two spend weekends for the last 16 months extra plotting figures from sighting reports and laying out the graphics. Cheryl Costa was written, mm. what? You okay there? Anyway, Kira Costa was writing yeah, on okay. uh, New York Skies, okay. a UFO blog for the Syracuse News Times, when the Costas uh, decided to expand their tallies to, uh, of UFO sightings nationwide. And uh, Charles said, we wanted to do our bit of, for disclosure. She said, it's coming, and the government should have been doing this. Hmm. So hmm. the government should have done.
0: Should so yeah. have told
2: you all this information. I agree. Now, don't freak out when you see Cheryl Costa and you see uh, her wife, uh, Linda Miller Costa. Uh, You're going to immediately notice one thing. Uh, Well, Cheryl looks like a man.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, that's welcome to today's world.
2: Well, the reason is Cheryl is transgender. Um, Linda, uh, her lovely wife, is still with her. And uh, they're together, and uh, they were at the uh, conference. Oh, but we went to. Yep, uh, cool. I think actually Cheryl is the first, uh, maybe second transgender person in uh, ufology.
3: I'm uh-huh. sure they are more, just not as prominent or popular.
2: Yeah, well there you go. But anyway, good read, and uh, this is uh, coming over from the San Diego Union Tribune. And uh, you know, the questions doesn't get answered really, but the charts are there, and it's interesting that there's that many. Witnesses and uh, eyewitnesses of UFOs in, in over 100,000 since 2001. That's a lot, guys. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. It is a lot.
3: It's a big number. What can we do about it?
2: Now, you didn't see the little green guys or gray guys or any kind of guys. through, um, Chris. But, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of these signings do, uh, claim to see, uh, aliens themselves and, uh, it boggles the mind why so many sightings over the last 15, 16, 17 years.
3: Well, it's, you know, more people are going out, you know, because they need to go out, and more people are running around with phones and cameras, and, you know, people are becoming more aware that there are other things out there. You know, decades ago, people weren't looking to the skies unless you were really, really into it. Now everyone's like staring at,
2: staring yeah, at but the sky. Yeah, but they're all trying to find a Pokemon. That's the problem.
1: Like, well, Pokemon well. <laughs> lead to aliens. Okay, you know, another thing I remember too is that there's more people. Uh, you know, so many, so many more people in the in the world now than what they're used to. And they're be. more connected. So it's
3: know. more connected people. The reason you know it's a lot easier to communicate that you saw something thanks to the internet than having to mail away and trying to find out who to contact in the first place from decades ago.
0: Very right sure. Yep. Right you know,
3: exactly. it, it, it's, like, it's like in the 80s and even the early 90s, if you saw a UFO, you're not going to the yellow pages to look to who to report it. How do you find yeah. out who to report it to?
2: Exactly. Yeah, there wasn't many outlets I mean, MUFON has been around uh, since the 50s and 60s, but...
3: Right, for people in the know.
2: Right, and then, but if you're just average, you know, Joe Blow who doesn't know anything about Mufon, you know, just, who do you report it to exactly? Like
3: exactly, exactly.
2: You're kind of stuck like Chuck. In other words.
1: Yeah. Yep, I know those feelings. You really do. If you have no place to go, then you can only think of you know, like the news or a newspaper, or at least that was going in my head. So yeah. you know that I guess or you can make a scene and call the cops, and then you know.
2: It sounds as exactly. though like you moved away from the area where you had your um, your, your experience, your encounter.
1: Uh, yeah, I did because just had to. My landlord that I was renting that house from um, came down with cancer, and so he had to get rid of the house, and so it forced Ouch. me to move. Yep. It did, I know. But it forced me to move to, down to southern Oregon, 130 miles away. And so, yeah, you know, um, here I am. But I actually like it down here. It's okay, you know. I mean, it works real good in the summertime, you know. So uh, Southern Oregon, you can't beat that. Yeah, but chances that.
2: of repeating the experience is very, you know, slim. Given that you move. Oh, so uh, I
1: really, I keep telling myself that every, every, every all the time that I just. Every uh, time you walk outside, that, you're like,
2: it's very really slim. Nothing's going to come at me. Nothing's going to come mm-hmm. get me. It's oh. not gonna happen. I moved far away. Calm thoughts, away. happy thoughts. Calm happy yeah, thoughts, happy places, happy places, happy souls, nice people. Yeah,
1: you and, look I, out I, the corner. and I hope. And that's just it because I'm in much more populated area than when I was before, and <laughs> and not to mention that that area there. I mean, it just seemed like activity to me because you know I'm not touch talked about. Previous encounters, kind of that had happened there. One started off um, on Thanksgiving. It was a couple of days after Thanksgiving, and my wife and I seen like a fleet of like orbs go by. And so you know, I don't know if it's that area. I don't know if they're they're just testing things around there. Once again, they're looking said for it always, you. It, well, you know, I've always That's said what it is. I, yep. I am not far from Boeing. I'm not far from from one of the biggest. You know. um bases or places around there where they where they build, you know, uh, things to you know, so I, I I don't know. Maybe it could have been something that was going on with them or just uh could be anything, all I know. is uh, I don't ever want to see it again. That's the one thing that I do know.
2: Chris, they're not done with you, bro. That's what it is.
1: Well they probably
3: aren't, you know?
1: <laughs> so you well, know you never I,
3: know. I, you might have a tag in you somewhere so you know.
1: Yeah think about for that. you. I do I think about that but you, you know, know when you,
3: fly, do you go through the x-ray machine do they set do you set off the x-ray machine or you like the pad down
1: Ooh. No I I just flew last month I tell you I I was I was fine but I, I, I did get padded down but uh what's the experience
2: days, Yeah
1: It was a uh, it was he tickled me underneath my um my I mean, my um, armpit there, you got me. Oh, okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the spot, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the G-spot he right there, He yeah. patted me down right Yeah, he did. He patted me down right there when I went in the little machine there that made you stand in there and put your feet in the one area with your hands up in the air like, like, like freeze! And then the thing like, Dee! goes by and, and analyzes you.
2: See, if, if they were to tell me freeze just like that, I'm going to freeze and I'm going to have like one arm just waggle. Like, you know, the robots, yeah. like, you know, with... In the, even like when you're know, the robots have one arm just waggle back and forth, while I'm frozen well, in place.
1: how you feel, though, in these new things. You know, I don't know how recently you've you've flown or whatever, but with these new uh, security things, you do. You feel like you're freeze because they have you go and stand, and where you freeze, have a time. Yeah, you got your little feet there. You got to put, you know, with your little feet in that certain area, and then you got to hold your hands straight up in the air. And then you got to sit there while the girl's on the other side looking at the little camera thing, and as it goes, zzz, you know, you just, you know, it's kind of funny. I was just thinking, like, yeah, I'm about feel like I'm going to get shot here or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, with the police nowadays, that's very possible. But anyway, moving on to another, uh, story where we have some time before we get to the, uh, blast from the a-hole, which is in a couple minutes. Uh, we have one more, uh, interesting story and then one not so interesting, but pretty cool anyway. Uh, this is your X-Files in Pennsylvania. That's right. The truth is out there in Penswood. This is, uh, right off the, hot off the presses. Uh, just, uh, this is, uh, just published today actually on the 25th of, uh, April. And uh, it is uh, from uh, PennLives.com. so this is from Penn State. Now for those X-File fans who can't wait until sometime next year for the new episodes of Agent Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, PennLives.com has a look at what might be the truth, or might not be the truth but it's definitely out there says uh, Pennsylvania recruits. Fox recently announced that the production will begin this summer with plans to air the new episode sometimes in 2017 and 18. During that season, the X File series originally ran from 93 to 2002 with six additional episodes in 2016. In the meantime, there are investigations of dozens or so mysterious lights that might intrigue Mulder and Scully right there in Pennsylvania. And uh, I'm going to post a link in a second here so you can see these lights. Uh, very interesting stuff. I mean, there's a National UFO Reporting Center. is one of the many organizations tracking UFO reports, and they maintain that uh, they're very interested in these things. They're saying these are very large and very bright and uh, brilliant blue and white uh, lights that fall from the skies. And she fell to her knees uh, as she saw this, the eyewitness, and um, let me post this uh, real quickly in the uh, chat here for you guys. An interesting report either way. And how do you guys feel about the X-Files coming back? Huh?
1: I'm looking well, forward to it. I've been waiting for it to come back. I was kind of thinking that it was just kind of going to see how they did on those first episodes and run from there. I hadn't heard anything, and I thought, well, maybe it's not coming back. So to hear it coming back is a great thing.
2: I'm and they're excited. filming some of it in the uh, woods of uh, Pennsylvania, which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be really well, cool. Oh, don't
1: think I'm doing one of, they come do Mona? They should have a perfect UFO story for their show. They should come and do my son and guys counter for their show. How about that?
3: What a pipe dream! Well, I'm sure you could go
2: convince them. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, go let convince go for it. them right now. Let's let go down, uh. Yeah, let's let's get Chris Carter on the line here and make this happen for you.
3: Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I don't have his personal number. I'm sorry. Get it.
1: Ah, come on, man. I'm what two are you good separa- for, other guy?
3: I, I'm two uh-huh. degrees separation from him, but, you know, I, uh, you know, that's about it. Sorry. I just wanted my
1: pipe dream to last. Come on, man. He, I just, gotta, wanted, he just wanted I got, his pipe to get piped. Come on. I, well, i got to put the pipe down
2: now. Put the pipe right. away. Oh, What's uh-huh. wrong with you? Okay, in the meantime,
3: yeah. should we take a break, uh, then do blasts from? Yeah, the we're gonna do that
2: in a second. One more, uh, one more um, article I wanted to get to. This is a uh, very interesting. Uh, artist, uh, Tim Pyle and Robert Hurt create a rendering of exoplanets and other things in the universe that we may never be able to see otherwise. Uh, both are science fiction, uh, both science fiction fans. Sometimes the reality of the data are working in the line with the science of, like, say, Star Wars, for example. Uh, this, uh, Pyle rendering of, uh, Kepler-16's binary star system that creates a double sunset like, like the one Luke Skywalker seen, or sees in the, uh, homeworld of Tatooine. And uh, when you look at the rendering, my goodness, it really does look like Tatooine Sunset. Oh, uh, show me the
3: link. Let's see, let's see. Where is this it? This is
2: beautiful. This is a beautiful rendering. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is supposedly a rendering of a real star system. So it is very funny, and it, it kind of goes with what I've been saying all along here, guys. That no matter what we dream of and think of in an infinite space, we're going to find it. We're gonna find well, something I very similar. I don't
1: believe that Lucas possibilities. had to have known inside information so he could have all the cool things to put into Star Wars. Maybe well, he paid the government mass amounts of money.
3: He was an aspiring to- actor who just came off American Graffiti. Um, you know, he made some money, but he didn't. He wasn't that rich. Um, yeah, but I will tell you this about this. Uh, I will tell you that the original, original story that Lucas wrote included the history of the songbook of the story, the songbook of the wills.
2: The journal of the wills.
3: Um, The journal of the wills. Yeah. And the journal of the wills is supposed to be originally a forgotten book that was found here on earth. That tells the story of a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
2: Close the purpose of the Journal of the Wills is actually telling the story from a third point of view, which right. leads leads Correct. the uh, leads the uh, the whole uh, line in, and you hope that all things are seen from a certain point of view. The Journal of the Wills was written supposedly by a being that wrote past, present, and future it was able to see both. The past and the future, and wrote in these journals what he would or she or whatever the being was conceived was going to happen, and uh, what that was that is why in the uh, episode one you have the the whole uh, prophecy of the the chosen one who was going to come and bring balance to the force. That right. all all that is in the journal of the wills. Um, I actually, original, the
3: original the original Star Killer right. plotline that Lucas wrote the the book was supposed to be a found on Earth.
2: Well, that would be we, interesting we, if they ever do that for a reason. This was
3: a discussion that actually happened on stage at Celebration.
2: Oh, nice. I missed that. So, Thank you for rubbing it in the uh, the old wound there. Good job.
3: Mm. Hold on, let me get some more salt. Hang on, hang yep,
2: on. Hang yep, yep, you salty bastard. That's all we have for one of the- I cannot- Wall of Weird News on Skywatchers Radio. Radio.
1: Radio. Radio. It's in a couple stories, but I, I didn't know if we're, we're beyond time now. But.
2: Yeah, we don't have much time. We have Dennis uh, waiting in the wings here, so we got to get to blasts from the a-hole. And there's a, a couple different blasts uh, this week that are actually pretty good. Uh, normally, you know, we get some uh, some decent blasts. We get some not so decent blasts. You know, we get some questions that are so well. What do you
3: got? What do you got? What do you got?
2: Better not asked, but this week I think we got something good. Check this out. First Let's question. All right. Let's see where the heck is? Okay, here we go. And uh, this is coming from Broken Rock, twenty seventeen. No, okay. I'm sorry, Brockno Rock. Well, that's quoting Brockno Rock, twenty seventeen. He says, and I'm going to oppose this to each one of us, and we all going to take turns answering it. If you could meet an alien, what would you ask it? Other guy.
3: Ooh. Um what's with the anal probing?
2: Well that tells you exactly what he's thinking. Hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, well,
2: sorry. Yeah, no, seriously that's what you no, ask.
3: No, no, seriously. seriously. <laughs> I, I ask I would <laughs> ask them where where is E T myself, but that's no, no 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 no. What I would ask is um can I come for the
2: ride and not get eaten,
3: mm, or go. put in a cage,
2: or put in a cage? And he says no, and they drags you out. You know, like sometimes ignorance is bliss. That's all I'm saying. Now, uh, what do you think there, uh, Chris? What would you uh, ask it?
1: Well, that's what I would say. Is I'd ever, I you know, I'd ask it. Have you ever seen the Twilight Zone episode "To Serve Man"? You know, I mean, really,
2: Great I do Great episode. Mean. It is. This so. Is a uh, book. Spoilers. You have a being from a, a galaxy far, far away, maybe a, a star system hundreds of trillions of light years away, and the only thing you guys can think of is things that deal with your ass and your stomach.
3: <laughs> well, I've been thinking, well, not our stomach, their stomach.
1: Wow. So disappointing I, I humanity not right now. Ask there would be a, the infinite things I could ask uh, E.T. Okay, so hold on, hold on. You know, like, what type of phone did you use when you called home?
3: I don't okay, know. You know. Angel, you're bitching at us. What's your question you would ask?
2: I would ask uh have you figured out if there is a God? What created everything? Yeah. And get my wife to shut up. <laughs> that might actually be a way to do that. Mm-hmm.
3: And what happens when there, it there the is demons. a god. There is a god, but from a certain perspective.
2: Then I'd be like, damn it, is it in the journal of the wills?
3: Only the Force
2: knows. Well, damn it, and damn it again. Okay. Well, there you go. That's our answer, Brockno Rock, twenty seventeen. I really like that name, by the way. Yeah. It's a cool name. It really is.
3: All right. So, yeah. what's the next special we got? Come on, throw it
2: out. Uh, see, Magnus Man wants to know: uh, Would you like aliens to look like humans? Or like themselves during first contact. Oh that's a cool question. Uh, like, you know, would you rather them look like you know, like us, like disguise their look, I guess what you're saying, and look like human beings? Uh-huh. Or or just look like themselves and just be like, ah, tentacles and all, baby, like uh-huh. am green and I'm all out. Like what would you guys yeah, think? Didn't I see I, li- didn't I, see I, that I like in Galaxy Quest?
1: Plus- I like Cocoon, you know, and the girl came down and she was all hot and pretty and all that, but then he leaped in the water and or whatever in the pool and they had to they had to rip off their skin. And, uh, that, that effect's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, but my cool. answer is it depends. Is there any sex involved?
1: That's kind of what I was going
3: with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Can, you know. Yeah. Can we fuck it? We fuck it? No. Once uh, again,
2: a being from another galaxy far, far away, maybe trillions of light years away, and you're thinking with your pelvis. Yep. Thrust into it.
3: <laughs>
1: Like, like three Kirk. inches.
2: Yeah, yep. that's Yep,
3: terrible. I'm going I'm to pull a shatter. Terrible. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to do some really bad acting and try to seduce the green, purple, and the spotted alien. Uh, There's yeah, There's
2: you know, something on the wing, some thing...
3: I'm trying to remember, was it, uh, Robot Chicken that did a really, really funny episode where, uh, oh yeah, uh, Shatner has space herpes. Oh, the and, Klingon, I thought it was Klingon crabs. No, no, space herpes that he got from the Gorn.
2: Mm.
3: Which was the lizard like monster on that desert planet. Yeah, that, that just you know, sounds
2: place. like some kind of general disorder, the Gorn. It was, <laughs> a, it
3: was <laughs> a hilarious, hilarious Robot Chicken skit. And it's, and it's like, you know, I know we haven't – it's like, you know, Bones has to say – Bones says to Shanner, you know you're going to now have to contact all these women that you've been with recently. And so he goes through the Green Slave Girl. He goes through one of Harry Mudd's girls. He goes through like three or four other girls, and then he goes to the Gorn. And the Gorn's like, oh, I thought you left me. And then they start making out and it's like the funniest, funniest, <laughs> hilarious, really. That just, that, that it's episode. just really wrong and funny. Mm. I got to find that.
2: Okay,
3: yeah. I'm going to have to find that. I'm going to have to find that one on YouTube and send it to you guys. You'll crack up. You really will.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, the Gorn sounds like something that I just pooped a week ago. Anyway, moving on. And, uh, let's see. Me, personally, I would like, uh, what would I like? Would I like them to look like themselves or look like aliens? Uh, well, I'm not trying to, like, you know, screw every alien that I meet. But, apparently, I would eventually, yeah, uh, I would say yes to, you know, uh intercourse with an alien. and Why not? If it's uh, a hot-looking alien, sure. Uh, I actually I like to them to look like themselves, sort of like you know masquerading as humans, just to make me feel all nice and happy inside.
1: I would, yeah, I guess I'd be really weary. So I still, still think I still think of Alien, you know, the show Alien, or or the Thing, you know, where he's you know he's he's, found he's it. pumping on the guy's chest, and then the thing pops up out of his chest and climbs onto his hands. Well, imagine if you know if it was, yeah. So you just don't know what could be inside one of them. Okay. Well,
3: by the way, I'm just telling you right now. I put this up there. Yeah, we uh, saw, we saw,
2: we saw it. I saw it. We you saw it.
3: gotta click it and watch it. I'll and
2: see just, you in a second. Just hunt. play
3: the audio for the audience. I'm I, playing I, the second.
2: Hold on. I want to. I, I, uh, I want to get to what, uh, what Chris was talking about because uh, as long as the alien doesn't pop out of the chest there, Chris, and starts singing the show tune, it's like, "Hello, my baby, hello, baby, my hello, darling." Yeah. As long as
0: we don't do that we're, we're that,
2: we're good. Yeah, as long as we Where, don't do that, we're that? good.
3: Where was that? Where's that from? Was that from?
2: Spaceballs. Spaceballs. No, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Come on now. I want to see Space Walls
3: 2. That has yeah. to be coming
2: soon. Yeah. Now, that's, of course, from uh, Magnus Mann. Now, let's go to Bare Bones, who wants to know Space, is it really the final frontier?
3: Uh, for That's achievable by us? No. I think uh, the ocean is going to be our final frontier. Um, there's. Over 83% of the planet that still is not explored—that's under the water. I think in our lifetime, that is going to be the final frontier.
1: Yeah, we'll be swimming all in it. Chris? Yep. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? I, I don't know. That's a deep question to me, but you know that, that's a good one too. Sure, water—that works because I—I I, I agree that the planet is all water and it's truly is something that we don't know anything about, but. Hey, maybe one day something will splash, and we'll all just be swimming in water. um,
2: Splish splash!
1: I was taking a bath. I was taking a bath in seawater on a Saturday
2: night. Close enough. It's Tuesday. But listen, um, I would say the uh, yes, space. I I would think is the final frontier um, for our technology based being. There we are Um, outside of uh, this. Reality, I think there's other realities If you want to call it that Um, So I don't think there is a final frontier Per se, because there's always Going to be a higher dimension that will Take us out of this reality And uh, as uh, the saying in episode one There's always a bigger fish There's always A bigger universe, and there's always a a Different reality, I think that That is part of the Overall picture that we will Never get to see so here's here's the kicker. We're never going to get to see how the universe works. We're never really going to get to see how the planet works. We're never really going to get to understand the many different levels of things that have to happen in conjunction with each other. Just for our space and time and our reality to coexist the way it is. Because there's so many intricate parts of it. Yeah, we think we know with uh, string theory and M-theory and this theory or that theory... But just the very nature of what, you know, these things are, their theory. Not provable. Not even viewable by science yet. Like, we, we don't have the technology to even prove string theory. We can theorize mm. it. We can, we can say, you know, all these things that our, our minds come up with and say, yeah, that'll make a perfect, you know, ideal theory for Einstein's relativity and to continue forward. But here's the kicker. With every string theory that they came up with, they came up with a way to debunk it and come up with a different version of string theory. And it's been done over and over and over and over again. Look that up. I mean, there's not one singular string th- string theory anymore. Yeah,
4: I, I think, think it's a silly string theory.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It's really what it is. And, and yeah. it all harkens back to we know very little about anything, and that's the way I think it's going to be. For, uh, uh, for Every single human being on this planet right now, we're all gonna die and I know a goddamn different thing that we know right now other no, than no. a few different things like uh, maybe uh, what movies we like more now than like we did ten years ago or you know what uh sunset looks like you know uh, year after year or you know what vacation spots are great but when it comes to like the important things you know in in our universe the big scope thing when it comes to like space and time and our planet like underwater, for example like the oceans beneath us. We have no idea, and we're never going to know anything. We're going to be clueless for the entire existence that we're here. For our next generation, same thing. Generation after that, probably the same thing. As long as we're a type zero civilization, we're not going to know squat. Now, if we want to make it to the type one and maybe start learning a little, we better stop blowing ourselves up. huh? What do you think? Stop all this beefing and <laughs> the and blowing other people up, and blowing each other's up, and trying to get some 72 virgins, which were just 72 other guys who blew themselves up, like idiots looking for 72 virgins. Stop this nonsense. Maybe we have a chance. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, moving on. And, uh, let's see, we have room for one more before we go on break here. So seriously, guys, if aliens or time travel was real, would we even know about it by now? And this is by Mike B., Excellent question. Um, Want to take this one on another guy? Repeat the question. Seriously, guys, if aliens or time travelers mm-hmm. were real, wouldn't we know about it by now? Well, we would never know. I would think some
3: people would know about it, but I sure. don't think that uh, the public
2: would know about it. Mm-mm. So you will stay on that, uh, that answer? Yeah,
3: I think time travel is too much. I think, honestly, too many things can change with time travel, uh, with interfering with what's going on. Yeah. yeah.
2: Look, what I, I well, I like, you know, stuff like Doctor Who and, uh, Back to the Future, and uh, when he interjects, uh, stuff like, um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, they, they talk about time lords and, you know, and ways to keep time safe from us, you know, messing around and messing it up or whatever. That's all fiction. None of that is real. It's all fictional characters on TV and movies. So reality is time travel probably is not a a possibility in any way, shape, or form. Other than maybe going into the future, but that deals with different kind of uh, mechanics than actually skipping through space and time. That has more to do with speed of light. In time the way you travel through speed of light, um, which would be a little bit different. you could probably move forward but not backwards, so was, you know that would be real time travel if you can go back in time and change something or see you know an event or something I don't think that's ever going to be achievable or, or possibly even done uh by humans anyway, maybe by another race uh millions of years from now, but not by us humans now aliens i i I could easily conceive why they are you know very well hidden. Prime Directive, and I'm pretty sure that everybody here who's a Star Trek nerd knows what that is, and uh, the Prime Directive will tell you that if these guys are out there observing, that's exactly what they're going to stay doing. They're going to stay observing. They're not going to interfere, because if they have a Prime Directive, their Prime Directive tells them, hey, just let them develop on their own, because if Mm -hmm. not, you can muddy the waters, and you can mess things up. But, of course, like every species, I'm sure from time to time, they goof things up, and uh, people like Chris over here Gets a little visual of like what they're doing in the woods. I agree. When they're not when they're not supposed to be, uh, you know, catching on on what's going on in the woods. Kind of like what happened to Travis. He wasn't abducted. Mm-hmm. Stuff just happened because he was in the right place at the wrong time. So there you go. That's my answer, guys. Mm-hmm. That is the end of the uh, blast with the for the week. We'll be back uh, next week with more Blast Through the A-Holes. But you know what? Right now we got a commercial break, and we have Dennis Crenshaw waiting in the wings for his hour segment with us here on Skywatchers Radio. So, without any further delay, let's take a quick commercial break and come back with the hour-long conversation with Dennis Crenshaw, the Hollow Earth Insider himself. We'll be right back, guys. And, uh, again, open lines if you guys want to call in and uh, talk to Dennis. 786-245-8127.
0: 733374 that's 9549733374 or visit keyinformation.com
2: Have you heard Mac Maloney lately In your military career did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or No Holy <laughs> That was... Yeah, yeah. Ten seconds of... Uh, no. Uh, what are you that tra- was so convincing.
1: Yeah, what, are what, was what are you trying to that. say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's
2: the worst <laughs> fucking denial I've ever heard. identified flying... Something. Something. Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, on the Public Streaming Radio Network.
0: Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomepage.com
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio right here, live on PSN Radio. That's right, psn-radio.com. And uh, how do you guys uh, interact with us? Very simply, by the way, call in, 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. That's, of course, if you're east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies, north of the equator, south of the equator. Hell, if you're in the inner Earth itself, you can call that number, and you'll get right to us. And speaking of the inner Earth, Finally, we have Dennis Crenshaw on the show with us. This is months and months and months and months in the, in the making, Dennis. You have no idea how many requests I get from our listeners to have you on the show. Welcome back, well, sir. Well, I'm, uh, I'm astonished. <laughs> I'm glad I mean, so are back. we. Don't get me wrong. We're astonished as well. Right? Really? <laughs> Dennis? but you have no idea how much love you get from the crowd. I mean of course Dennis Crenshaw from the Unraveling the Secrets Days uh he was uh, fantastic on Unraveling the Secrets. That was your original baby, your your first show and uh of course from the Hollow Earth Insider. Uh you haven't been here for a while Dennis. You know what you uh, what you've been keeping up with? Uh, what's been keeping you busy the last uh, couple of years?
0: Well, I uh I went off grid. Uh decided not to do this stuff anymore and then uh with the Revelations that are going on about uh, the this, this shadow government and the stuff I've been talking about for 40 years. Uh, people finally asked me to come back and start redoing my website and radio shows. And so here I am, like an idiot, back again.
2: I would like to, like, you know, see more like the Godfather in Godfather 3 that, are like, you know, just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. But Sounds it's, it's true because so many people, like you know, asked me about you, Dennis. I mean, I'm not surprised that you were getting a lot of emails over the last couple of years because you really like took a hiatus like no other. I mean, you just went away and completely went off grid.
0: Well, I I I started feeling that I was uh,
2: sort of just, as they say, uh,
0: singing to the choir or something, and and uh, so I just I had to take some time off. I've been doing this stuff for 40 years, you know. So I needed a couple of years to get away from it. And like I said, it, I just kept, you among others, kept after me to come back. So I finally decided to come back in a smaller way. <laughs> so here I am.
2: Well, you say smaller way, but uh, let's tell the audience how many listeners, or not listeners, but how, but how many hits your website gets, the com.
0: Yeah, when I quit three years ago, uh, I would be excited if I got a 1,000 a day. Now I'm getting between uh uh ten thousand and twenty five thousand a day, so more people are more more interested in uh in what i what I've been doing all these years. I no longer consider myself a conspiracy theorist i now i mean i no longer consider myself a conspiracy nut I now consider myself a
2: conspiracy scientist there you go all right. You know, it's funny because as, as more time passes, Dennis, you know, the conspiracy theorist aspect of uh, that, you know, name is disappearing. It's more becoming conspiracy fact. Uh, we're seeing more and more of these conspiracies uh, be proven to be fact more than fiction. And uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, I've known you for what, like we're, we're going on, uh, what, eight years now since we've met? Right, something like that, yeah like seven, eight years, and I remember when we first met, I mean, we were, like, in our infancy back then during this podcasting stuff, and we were talking about, you know, all these conspiracies, and, you know, remember, this is right as Obama was taking office and stuff, and we we were looking at the world, how, how it was going to change for the best, they are saying, and uh, how things were going to be different, and then we started seeing the patterns, and me and Dennis, for a long time, started talking about... Uh, you know, the patterns that, uh, the, uh, the controllers have. And it looks like, uh, you know, the left, the right, the middle doesn't matter. They're all controlled by the same people. Is that right?
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really, it's really amazed me how people that I was trying to tell this stuff to in the seventies are now getting in touch with me and said, man, everything you mm-hmm. said is happening. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it, it really feels good. And now, uh, of course, I've narrowed my uh, my research into who. When I started this way back in the uh, actually into the Hollow Work part of it was in about '85. Uh, into the UFO part was in '65. But when I started this, uh, I said that I was going to follow the the leads for who, what, when, and where. And now I've just uh, narrowed into the who, and it's the shadow government. Mm-hmm. All these things, everything connect. I was fortunate enough back in 1968 that my, my step grandfather had dropped out of two secret societies. He had reached high levels of two secret societies and he realized that I liked to read and that I was real interested in history. And he sat me down and taught me a lot of uh knowledge that he gained from those secret societies, including the movement towards the New World Order and the uh the Federal Reserve scam. And uh of course everybody thought he was a nut, even though he was a very wealthy man. Mm. And of course, as years went on they thought I was a nut. But now it's all everything he told me in the sixties has happened
2: over the last 20 years so I, I, that's why you know but it's funny because I think a lot of this stuff started in the 60s I lot of like the major push for the New World Order and you and I uh, in fact we we uh, nearly collaborated on a book once uh, talking about the stuff that started back then the, uh, the Kennedy assassination I think a lot of the right. stuff that's happening now is directly connected to that and uh, that's a, a book I still want to explore one day by the way
0: Yes, uh, well, Kennedy uh, Kennedy assassination is, is whatever. They actually started coming out in the open and not even caring whether we know it. Everything I've right. studied is available. You know, it's available. You just got to do a lot of research, you know. Uh, when I came back, I had word from uh, a lot of my contacts. Of course, in all those years, I've made contacts all over the world. And a lot of my contacts told me, that all this was going to be happening. The, uh, now I used to uh, uh, put up stuff, and, you know, it was all conspiracy. Now I could take today's headlines, put it on my site, and then give you a link to 20 years of stuff I've been putting on the Internet that gives you the history of it. So I think that's
2: why I've gained such a following in the last year. Would you say you're like becoming, the, or your website's becoming like the Wikipedia of conspiracies?
0: <laughs> I, I, sort of, but, but I'm, I'm taking, you know, I had a lot of mentors, you know, uh, Bill Cooper, Bo Grice, uh, uh, May Bristol. I mean, I've had a lot of them. In fact, I'm, I'm featuring uh, a series called The Resisters Now that lists list them. People like uh, Eustace Mullins. Eustace Mullins uh, was the man that revealed the, the Federal Reserve scam, and he first put his books out in the '40s and '50s. But uh, after my uh, step grandfather told me all of his stuff, then I, you know, went out and had a life for myself until the mid '70s, and then I started to research it myself. And Eustace Mullins was the uh, secrets of the Federal Reserve was the first book I read. And what I realized that if I was going to tell people about this stuff, I had to have it well documented and everything I, I put up is well documented, believe me. And that's the secret to spread this stuff. Uh, like I said, you know, I was telling people 20 years ago about it and they all thought I was crazy, but because I had documented it so well. Then when it starts happening, they go back and look at what I give them or tell them or whatever, and they go, wow, you know, and it makes them look further. It's all connected, you know, the hollow Earth, the uh, UFOs, uh, the New World Order, the Federal Reserve, the takeover of education, all of it is connected. You know, there's a, a secret cabal of people that everybody about knows about today, financed by the, the Rothschilds and the... Uh, today, it's to George Soros, and uh, their plan is to, to form a one-world government. In fact, they would uh, have a guide stone in Georgia, the Georgia guide stone that has their plans. And at the very top of the plan, is to reduce the world's population to 500 mm-hmm. million. It's a satanic uh, call they, they believe in uh, Lucifer.
2: Right, Which, but here's a question, Dennis, and this is a question that I get posed uh, often when I talk about these subjects with folks. And, by the way, I, I get a lot of uh, my uh, my schooling from Dennis from knowing him for so long and having deep, long conversations about this stuff with Dennis. I mean, he, he is a well of information, but, you know, I get asked this all the time, Dennis, that, that uh, you know, given the structure of the New World Order for as long as, you know, supposedly this has been in play, uh, why is it that, you know, it's taken so long for, like, it to happen already like, why is well, it it's, it's, it's baby it's, steps
0: it, because that's the way they plan it they do a little bit every generation the next generation doesn't know what happened in the last generation uh, sure? I don't yeah. I remember I don't remember exactly who it was but it, somebody famous once said that if you don't study history history will repeat itself right. the new world order is not anything new. When America was formed, that was the New World Order. That's why right. the yep. United States was called the New World.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, why was, even in the back of the dollar bill says New or Societies, which means New World Order.
0: That's right. Exactly. Right.
2: It's just writing a dollar yeah. bill, which is crazy, Dennis, because, I mean, it's like it's, it's not like they're trying to hide the fact that this society we live in right now is the incarnation of the New World Order. I mean, they, they're telling you right there in, in plain sight. and you know, a lot of this stuff is done in plain sight, but yet we don't figure it out, which is a, the funniest part about the whole thing. And we, every it, time we're in New World Order, we're like, oh, this is some secret organization. No, dummy, this is already going on now.
0: Well, I can show you the perfect example when, uh, when, uh, uh, Donald Trump took office mm-hmm. and he fired the whole seventh floor of the Capitol building. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they said that, you know, he was getting rid of the, the shadow government, which was formed by Obama. Well, uh-huh. so The shadow government was formed the day that we signed our Constitution. They were trying back then uh take education. The, there was only 2% of Americans that wanted the revolution. The rest wanted to stay under England.
2: Right. We didn't
0: have our revolution because of taxes on tea, as everybody thinks. We had our revolution because our government wanted to print their own money backed up by gold and silver. Right. At that time we were, uh, we were using the English money which was the same thing as our Federal Reserve system, which they spent years to get. Right. But the two things two things they said is to get back control, we have to control education and money. And and then politics. And they now they've gotten all three. And they don't hide anything. Everything I can tell you, you could go now online until they're fixing to take that away from us. But you could go to libraries. I used to go to the Jacksonville Public Library. And Jacksonville had a very unique library because in 1911, we had a fire that burned the whole city down. And so the whole country at that time, everybody helped everybody. The whole country was going to help Jacksonville. Franklin Lloyd Wright came down here and designed all the buildings, which have all been torn down for parking lots now. But uh, all the Carnegies and the Rockefellers and all the money people, who actually financed the new world, the movement towards the new world order donated their libraries to the Jacksonville library because they all lived up on Cumberland Island and Jekyll Island. That was their summer homes. So they donated all their books to the Jacksonville library. Well, when the Jacksonville library found out what a reader I was and how I studied history, they allowed me to go into the basements. And go through those books and read them, and they were all published in the 1890s through the 1911, when real facts were published in plain sight. Now they're published, but they're kind of hidden because people don't read anymore. We've been dumbing down, like
2: I say. Unless put, it's a browser, and oh, this is a browser, Dennis. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Unless it's on a browser. That's it. If it's not on a computer browser, yeah, be, it's funny because I, 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 t- I try to read at least two or three books a month. It's tough because of work, you, you know, the shows and life in general. Uh, but I, I try to sneak in two or three books every month. But it's 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 hard to do that. And I'm a rarity because I know many, many, many friends of mine uh, who are very smart individuals who don't read books ever. Like I mean, it's just it's like a lost art form, and it's a shame because I mean, it, you know, reading is fundamental, guys.
0: Yes, well, they're taught to. They're taught to look at that computer screen, you know. And right. on the computer screen, the stuff that's in plain sight is easy to get to. Take YouTube. I use a lot of YouTube, you know that, because I realize oh, yeah. people, are, yep. they're visual. They don't want to read. Well, I've learned how to suck. How suck. <laughs> oh, boy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that since to... I was in the third grade, but anyway, go on, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to I learned how to uh search YouTube to find the relevance of everything's on YouTube, but what you see when you turn on YouTube is what lady gagas doing and how this was gay and how that was you know, and then the mainstream media and all that well, the information's there they're they're fighting hard to take it away from us, but it 's there, so what I do is I take uh, uh, uh a fact out of the news today and then I'll search YouTube and I spend uh, 20 hours a day now and I'll find uh, congressional hearings or, or something and I put up a series of YouTubes that tells the whole story you know it's all there but you just gotta dig and so most people don't have time you know I don't blame people for not digging you know because like I said, I was, I was, I read constantly. I've never, here's a little story for you. I, I lived in Alaska six years. I mm-hmm. moved up there because it had become a libertarian state. And then when I got there, I thought, I saw that was all hogwash. It was really controlled by the, uh, Palins and them people and they were all involved in the New World Order. So I was very disappointed and came back. I didn't get away from it. But, but what I discovered was that I was up, I, oh, what I was going to say is when I came back, I stopped by a friend's house that I hadn't seen since high school that lived up in Georgia, and uh, I pulled up in front of his house, uh, my wife and I, and our pickup coming from Alaska driving 5,000 miles, and he walks out to the car, and he said, man, I remember you always had a book in your back pocket, always, <laughs> and I reached up on the dash and showed him my book. I always have a book. If a train stops you, you can read a few pages. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Hey, and audio I'm,
3: books are good also.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. not as good as the real thing. You don't study them as good. You move through it faster. and yep. uh, But I read a lot of audio books now, too. I mean, listen to. But they're not as good as your brain, your eyeballs. That, that's why all the secret societies have eyeballs in their in their and you know i wear an eyeball ring because eyeballs they are the gateway to knowledge and and so look at a video nowadays because people are used to movies or read the book does it but for some reason the the white screen uh with the with with the letters it doesn't give you the same thing that it does other way i believe it's the white screen i'm not sure what it is I really
2: haven't looked into that. Honestly, I, but, I find reading—I find reading books, to, uh, to be honest with you, is more captivating than listening to audio books. Uh, just for the simple fact that it, it, you're allowed to really create the picture in your mind of what the scene looks like, uh, what you know the the. Well, Characters are like That you're reading about You know What the environment (laughs) Is is like I mean It's a completely Escape into the The environment That you're 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 getting into That's why I personally Love reading Over listening to Audiobooks Even though there is Some good stuff To do on audio Don't get me wrong I mean I like the Doctor Who audio Stuff that they Come out with uh, that stuff is really neat But when uh, it comes like, to regular books Like, you have a book, sir And uh, it's a, a very good book It's a, a book that uh, I read a long time ago When you sent it to me And it deals with uh, something that we uh, we haven't really touched upon much But we we're going to get there And that's, of course, the Hollow Earth And, uh, you know, th- that's a, let's segue a little bit here, Dennis um, Because, of course, you know, you're an author yourself And you've seen a lot of th- stuff over the last 30 years Right, when you wrote your first book, all right, and you were researching the Hollow Earth theory and researching the the original uh, you know planes uh, or, or airships of the 1800s, and then you're researching all this stuff. I mean, how did you connect the dots from that to UFOs to Hollow Earth? To it's all interconnected.
0: Okay, I started. I I, I have to give you a little history. And which you know, but your audience doesn't. I mean, me and, you, me and you've talked hours and hours and hours. And we still do, you know. So you know the whole story, but your audience doesn't. In 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, I was an Air, 82nd Airborne stationed at Fort Bragg, and we were going to be the first outfit to jump in to Cuba, and uh, we were locked down. They had they had MPs at the doors of the barracks. People don't understand. This was really a really a bad time. We were going to do war if something didn't happen, and so we were locked down. And they let two of us. I was a medic, and we were. I was in the medic medical platoon, and they let two of us medics go to the PX, which is the uh, the 711 uh, for the for the army and to get cokes and cigarettes and whatnot for minute, we took a list down there and there was nobody on the streets except us and as we walked back to the barracks all of a sudden a huge object probably we could we could uh judge the size by the size of our barracks came from over the barracks and stopped right over our head it was about a 100 feet long by 50 feet tall didn't make a sound had a row of of windows around it that were throwing out a light that was unlike any light I had ever seen. And it sat there for who knows how long. It could have been as much as a minute, but it was probably 10 or 20 seconds. And then the front end slowly rose. It was shaped like a football with real short, sharp points on the end. And it slowly rose to a 45 degree angle and just shot out of sight. So, uh, my, my friend and I, we, what is that? I don't know. So because it was the Cuban Missile Crisis, I felt we should report it. Well, he didn't want to say nothing about it. Well, I went in and reported what we had seen. And, uh, three weeks later, he was sent to Germany and I was sent to Panama. And I, I only had nine months left in the army and I was buried. And at that time, if you were buried, if you had less than a year, they couldn't legally send you overseas but they sent me overseas with nine months so I began to wonder about that so when I got back uh then 19 uh uh, I got out in 1963 and when I got back I started reading everything I could get my hands on about UFOs well in 1968 my like I said my step-grandfather saw that I like reading I like history and he gave me a lot of knowledge he'd learned from the secret societies that he had quit because he didn't like the direction and that the knowledge was taking him. And, uh, so then I, you know, I played around and I was a teenager, so I did a lot of partying <laughs> and, uh, that side of stuff. But by mm-hmm. 1975 or 76, I had settled down. So I went back to studying And it, by 1985, I realized, wait a minute. They've been looking at this stuff for thirty or forty years of UFOs, and yet they haven't gotten anywhere except to say that they come from outer space. Right. Let me go back and restudy from the very start because I had almost every UFO book and magazine that had ever been written. Let me go back to nineteen forties and research and look real close and see where you know what's going on. Well, I reached a book. Called, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, and you can still get it. Uh, it's by Gray Barker. <laughs> and in the yep. book, it, it told the story of Alfred Bender, who started the first UFO group in the United States, and put out the first UFO, uh, newsletter. And also, he was making contacts with other UFO groups around the world, in New Zealand and Australia. And I found that he had came out in the book, they explained, he had come out in his UFO magazine one month, and I can't remember, but y'all could read the book, it's all in there. Came out and said that next month in his magazine, he was going to reveal the origin of the UFO. Well, naturally all of his subscribers waited and waited and the next month his book came out and there was not a single word in it about UFOs. It was all about <laughs> Air Force experimental aircraft and all that. Well, a couple of, uh, uh, of, of his, uh, top people in his organization, one of them, you remember we were was, was a very good friend of mine. In fact, talked me into starting the newsletter was James Mosley the first investigator. Oh yeah. Yep. And so Bosley and them got together. They said, please tell us something. So he says, Okay, I'll meet with you and if if you ask any questions about the government I won't answer. But everything else I'll answer. And the whole uh the whole transcript is in that book. And I started reading the transcript, and they started asking him different questions about UFOs and all that. And he would answer everyone until they asked him a question: "Does this have anything to do with the Hollow Earth?" Now, back in those days, UFO investigators were looking at every possibility; they weren't just looking at it from outer space. And when he had, they asked that question, he shut up, and his face changed, and he wouldn't answer. So they moved on to other questions that he started answering, and then they said, "Does this have anything to do with the Shaver mystery?" Once again, he shut up. The Shaver mystery is a man named Richard Shaver who was very famous in the in the forties, and they said what he was reporting was science fiction. But what he was reporting that he had was getting voices from a group a civilization that lived inside the earth called the Dero's. And they had been left behind during a, a nuclear attack or some kind of, you know, big thing. And they were the ones left behind all the elites left and went to other planets. And they went inside the earth in caves and stuff and learned how to live. Uh, so at that point, like I say, he shut up again. So then I read the rest of the book, and I said, aha, there's where everything changed. Because two years later, the Robinson Division came out. And it, I mean, the Robinson study of UFOs, the government study of UFOs. And it was taken over by the CIA, the shadow government. And they were the ones that put in there that it was probably extraterrestrials. And everybody fell in line with that. And everybody started looking up, including me, but nobody started looking down. So at that point, I started looking down and have been for 40 years. And it is my belief. I do not know whether there's a hollow Earth. or not. I've found a lot of scientific evidence that points towards that. But it's one of the closest guarded secrets of the shadow government there is. But what I do believe is that most, if not all, UFOs, are coming from the subterranean world. They are what I coined the phrase, co-planetarians. They live here with us, and everybody's right. looking out up there, and everybody's reporting and all this, and what we're seeing in our skies are two things. A, the inner people. Now, they say, well, for years, people have said, well, why wouldn't the government tell us that there are extraterrestrials coming here? No reason. They've been the... Uh, They've been telling us that for years in, in the movies in the fifties. They used the best, uh, spatial effects available at the time. They used black and white like the people were used to seeing the war news, uh, just before when the secret government took over Hollywood. And, uh, and at the end of the movie, they'll be back. They're up there and all that. And they indoctrinated us to believing that they come from outer space. Now, I'm not saying some don't, but this, this current wave started in 1947. And where did it start? It started in Roswell. And what was Roswell? That's where uh, the scientist named Goodard was first shooting rockets in the space, trying to get into outer space. And it's also close to Alamogordo where they did the first nuclear test. Now, if you do a nuclear test, who would be more concerned, a civilization light years away or somebody that lived inside the Earth? Figure that one out. So mm. uh, uh, those points pointed towards it. Uh, other, other things, you know, like I've studied. So I have come to that belief that what we are seeing are two things. One is a civilization that lives inside Earth, which is probably... Uh, joined up with the, uh, uh, with the shadow government to keep that a secret from us. And it's also, uh, craft built here on Earth from, from the Nazi, uh, uh, the Nazi experiments. And, you know, they brought all the Nazi scientists and the people that started the CIA over here from Germany. Well, not only that,
2: Dennis, remember, there's also the, the talk that, uh, the survivors of Nazi Germany, including Hitler, escaped Nazi Germany, and a lot of them went to Antarctica and disappeared in Antarctica where there is an opening to the Hollow Earth. And, right. uh, that's that's part of, like, what the lore is. Uh, now, do you subscribe to that, uh, theory at all? that That's where this, these people ended up?
0: Uh, I, I do. I believe most of them ended up in South America, in Argentina, in those places. I heard but you realize that's really close to Antarctica. And yes, I do believe that. You know, in, in 1937, uh, Germany was in bankrupt. And yet they sent one of the biggest expeditions ever down to Antarctica. In fact, that's why Admiral Byrd went down, supposedly. Right. But Admiral Byrd never went anywhere near where the Germans were. He was doing his own thing. Uh, if anybody wants to read my research on hollow earth, all they have to do is go to my website, www.thehollowearthinsider.com. Of course, I know you'll put that up in the chat with them, but, uh, uh, and then when they get there on the top row, there's, there's a, a, a bunch of buttons and one of them says deeper. You go deeper and there's most of the important information, not all of it. I wrote, uh, when I put out the Hollow Earth Insider hardcover, I put out—it's over uh, 800 pages. But most of the, the real findings, most of the real—and it's never been published—and it's only been seen by about a thousand people in the world. Most of the uh, most of the high points, uh, in fact, all of the high points, can be found at deeper under the Hollow Earth Insider, or they can—they can, they can uh, Google my name, and they'll find it. And, uh, so, you know, they, you know, I did that research a long time ago and I came to the conclusion that it's all being hit by this new world order bunch because why would they hide the fact that, that there was a, a, a land inside the earth? Remember now, I'm, I don't know about the hollow earth, but I do wholly believe in the subterranean world, which is the ancient tunnels and the modern tunnels that are yep. throughout the earth. And why would they not want us to know that? Because mm-hmm. once we found, the, the thing that moved, messed up their other New world order, world order was the people coming to America. Mm-hmm. Because once they, when they had them in Europe and, 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 and Asia, they had them, you know, they had them under a new world, world Order, actually even though it was kings and all, but they were all intermarried, and the money from the rock Rothschild was in every country. They would go to a country, and they would get two countries fighting, and they would have right.
2: control of the Yeah, they, they had control of the, But remember, when, uh, when, the world. When, right. we, when we left in and, uh, you know, when America went to do its own thing and became America, this became the new world order because that old world order was left behind and exactly. that's the, that's the whole purpose of the the term new world order now i'm not afraid of the new world order because that's what's been around for four hundred years, but what I'm afraid of is the controllers and doing things that are evil right. in society well, in a way that isn't to destroy our way of living and uh you know a lot of that has to do with of course with the movement now with the Muslim uh integration into this country and you know the way they operate and the way they've done other in that, other countries that's
0: all- that, that's all, uh, that's all, uh, show, show stuff. Uh, what their now, plan, what is,
2: but...
0: yeah, what their plan is, what their plan was under agenda 21, their plan was to take over the world, kill all, and they still would kill everybody off through Monsanto and a lot of other stuff, kill right. it and, and, and kill trails and whatnot, but they wanted to kill everybody L-O-P-D, off, L-O-P-D, except, you know, except, yeah. except for 50. 500 million people to run the world because the elitists, they, like I say, they don't believe in in God. They believe in Lucifer and they believe that they have immortal life. And so they don't need all of us. They just need some of us to pick the watermelons. Okay. And, but what, but, but that's changed now. Now they're going to, their plan is to kill all of us because they're heading for robots doing all the work with intelligence. Robots can't go and start, they can't demand more money, they can't, you know, and, and they're heading right for that. I cover that now a lot on my, my Oh side yeah, of. yeah,
2: no, we're, we're seeing a, a fast migration towards that, Dennis. Uh, look at all the jobs that are being taken away and being done now by machines, uh, toll plazas. Uh, used to be, uh, you know, you, you get a job, you know, getting minimum wage, working in a toll place. You can't do that anymore. Now it's just all toll by plate. You know, if you go to, uh, like any big place like a Publix or winn or, you know, that has self-checkout, you know, counters. So right. everything is self-automated and eventually there's going to be robots that do a lot of the work. That, you know, in fact, one of the craziest things now is, uh, you can do everything with your, with your smartphone. You can go to like a Publix or a Walmart or something like that and just check scan out, stuff and out. just check, check everything on the app yeah. and right. just put everything right. in the, in the, in the cart and just leave. You didn't even have to go to make a line anymore, so they're eliminating jobs by the by the millions, and then they wonder right. why unemployment's on the rise, why people are, are in poverty, why there's no jobs. Yeah, because you're right. taking all the jobs away right. by creating these machines that are doing all the work for us, completely right. putting us in a position where, how are we going to survive? Well, the only you know, uh, way to do it is through crime and violence, and that's how a lot of people resort to those kind of things, and, and that ends up escalating, and then you have more cops coming, more innocent people that normally would not you know submit to these kind of things, unless they were forced to because that's what happens in society when there is no jobs. People, they, they go to their instinct, and their instinct is to, you know, fight for their lives. And what do you do when you fight for your lives? Sometimes you have to commit a crime. That's just the way, you know, your human instinct is. So that's why you get an uprise of crime and criminal activity is because of the simple fact that people are starving. And they, You know, if you're going to starve to death, I might claw your eyes out before I starve to death. You know, that, that's the mentality some people get.
0: Right, and you know, you know, it's not just the lower paid jobs; it's every job. I mean, let's take doctors—they're using right. uh, machines to do intricate uh, surgery now. Right, and t- take lawyers. Uh, if, if if anybody wants to really check up on this, they could go to the Hollow Earth Insider. And put in my search, I've got my own search on there, put uh, robots replacing humans and they'll get a, a week's worth of read or a month's worth of reading. But read the latest one. I just did a TEDx report uh, that a guy uh, came on and he had a little robot with him that uh, can actually think. And and, and he can read uh, it. They said, what if what if you wanted to take one of these robots and make him into a lawyer? To try your case, they said he could read everything that's been written about your case and the law in six weeks. And and a lawyer, he's gonna miss stuff when he goes uh, doing research in the law library, right? Even with the internet, but a machine will not. And he'll right. be able to come and try your case perfectly. So lawyers, uh, accountants, uh. uh Even people that make big money, their jobs are at stake, too. They don't realize it yet. You see, in 1976, when our union was formed, I think I started to get into this a while ago, uh, I mean, in 1776, there was only 2% of the people that were for, for a revolution. The main people were people that were also aristocrats and were sent over here. And they went short to the state of Virginia, the state of Georgia, the state of Maryland, those people. The birds were one of them. Uh, birds were Admiral Byrd was related, his family was related, actually related to the king and queen of England. But all of these people didn't want a revolution. So, like I said, the New World Order plan started back then, and they realized they had to get control first of education and then of our money. So what happened was three of the of the top elite here in the United States sent their sons to Germany to to uh and then like I say all this information is in the deeper section. They sent him to Germany and I can't remember his name, but there was a German over there who was he's the guy that started psychology and he believed in uh the king and queen should rule the world. And the king and queen of of England and Germany and and that, but they were all intermarried. And so he sent three of his sons over there to study under this guy. And they came back and they formed Yale University, Skull and Bones. And then the people they taught, they sent to head all the other universities until it reached the point that everybody that went to college would learn this way to doing it. Now, that that's been in existence since today, the, the very day our, our, our Constitution was signed. Now in the '60s, they were trying to find a way to take over lower education. Right. And 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 one thing that they noticed was happening was that rock and roll music had started, and the kids were loving it. And the black. Musicians where the rock and roll came from, it was really called rhythm and blues or in the white neighborhoods, race music. The white boys like, uh, Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bill Haley, they all started listening to it and they started doing their own uh, ways of doing it. And then what happened was then they started mixing members of, of that well that had happened way back in the swing days and they had broken that up after world war 2 all the big bands they bro- broke them up into little black groups and little white groups well as they got together the kids were going to the concerts the white kids Set downstairs, the black kids set upstairs. Well, they got to where there wasn't enough room to do it that way, so they started putting a rope across the center of the theater. And they put the white kids and the black kids on different sides, and then they started mingling and dancing together and holding each other. And they said, "Whoa, we can't have this!" So the black
2: people, t- uh, the, the black- devil's music is making the blacks yeah, and the-, the-, the whites like each other. How yeah. <laughs> oh, dare they! The black,
0: the black <laughs> started. The black started calling it. The Devil's music, the preachers is where everything started. They're involved in the New World Order too, and then the white preachers started calling it nigger music, and and so what they did was they broke the music up and they sent the white music to Detroit, and I mean the black music and the white music to New York and started having Fabian and and all those kind of, uh, of little white guys singing clean little white songs instead of putting the sexual indiano in it, and then. They started their their race riots in the South and on. The federal government said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The South can't control their segregated schools. We're going to have to take over. And the federal government took over the whole school system and started dubbing everything down. That's control of our education.
2: And that explains why we have the lowest IQ on the planet. Exactly. Or one of the it, lowest, anyway. One of them,
0: right. Yeah, one of the and, lowest
2: uh, IQs is Shameful.
0: And 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 what happened is is there's not a die as as George Wallace once said, and there's a lot of people that think George Wallace was horrible, but George Wallace was not was not uh, against the blacks. In fact, when he got shot, a black woman care took care of him the rest of his life, and they loved each other. He wanted states' rights. He wanted each state to have its rights. We're a United States, which means each state has its rights, and we depend on the the federal government to uh, take care of foreign commerce and stuff like that. Well, the two-party system is just uh, one party, and what they do is they elect a, a liberal and he, uh, starts giving stuff away to poor people because they're, they're, they're trying to get rid of us. And then the, the next one, they, 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 uh, they elect a republic and then he starts giving everything to the rich so that they're doing, they're doing the same game. Yeah, they they're going- a
2: balancing act. That's what it is. Eight years of yeah, this exactly. group, eight years of that group. It, that's exactly. why I'm, in- that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm independent. Peace to y'all. Cause like, you know, y'all are like the same coin or the same monkey playing the same act. And it's just crazy.
0: Well, well we, we do have a balancing Alex- act. We do have an out if we make it there. In 19, in 1972, I believe it was, when Rick, when Richard Dixon, uh, the crook of all times was, uh, yeah, was, was, was re- <laughs> when, he, when he was reelected, I realized, I realized that they had taken over. Now all they had to do is slowly put everything in place. Like I say, they do it slow. So generation after generation doesn't realize all of it. Yep. And I became, I came freaky. I tried to tell everybody, you know, hey man, don't you see And they thought I was a nut. So I, I finally realized if I'm not going to lose my sanity, I got to figure something out. So what I decided was that all this stuff is a movie and I'm the audience. Okay. There you go. But anyway, <laughs> at that time, at, at that time, I heard of a meeting in a garage and I went to the meeting and it was two professors. And what had happened is some of the uh, uh constitutionalist professors that believed in the Constitution had gotten together for two or three years and they had figured out a system that would work for everybody. And it was the Libertarian movement. And uh, my number in the Libertarian Party is 1,125. That's how soon I joined. And what they did, they set us down there. And the first thing they said was, if there's any of you out there That here because of Dixon being reelected and you think we're going to have a libertarian president next term, walk out of the room because this is a 200 year plan. Okay. What the way it works is if you read the libertarian and and it's all, everything is available. If somebody runs for libertarian, they have to put out a book, what they're Mm. going to do and they have to go by that book Mm. and the libertarian. If, if they study the libertarian movie and if they believe in it, they go register the libertarian and they vote for every libertarian on the ballot no matter what. And I've done that ever since because what this does is it builds the party. The libertarian right. party is the only third party that's been on the ballot for 40 years. Okay? In almost every state. And we are, we're making our go. Uh, that many didn't vote for libertarians last time because uh, uh, Donald Trump snowballed them and they all voted for him. But if you look how many libertarians are in the nation, we have uh, a percentage that goes along with that 200 years. In other words, as more and more libertarians come in 200 years, we'll have enough people to take over the presidency.
2: Believe Hopefully, it or not. It. Hopefully we're still alive in 200 years. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I,
0: I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what it is. But the truth of the matter is, the Republicans took 200 years to get in power.
2: And that was what are.
0: they followed.
2: So that We
0: do have it out if we can last another one hundred and fifty years. Good luck. That's, a, that's <laughs> the question
2: right there. If we can last the twenty years, hey, listen. You know, I was uh, you know mentioned in your book earlier the uh, the secrets of Delshaw is the title of the book, and it's a, a great read. Now, Charles Delshaw, do you think you would be a libertarian if he was alive today?
0: No, I, I, I don't. I believe, <laughs> I believe. I believe. I believe. There is one thing that might point toward that, but because of his background, you know. The Germans in the 1800s and the 1900s, all the way up to Hitler, and probably still today, uh, believe in, in eugenics, you know, mm-hmm. which is freeing, uh people to to come out in a Perfection. Right. And, and I'm pretty sure he was into that, but I don't know for sure. But, uh, but, uh, but that's a great book, by the, the way, The, 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 the Secrets of what Donald is, are, Oh, okay. Ahead. Well, let me just mention one thing first. One of the fathers of the hollow earth theory uh-huh. everybody's heard of, Raymond Bernard, and his yep. book is listed as, if you go to the library under the Dewey system, which Dewey was a new world but if you go to the library and read uh-huh. and, and look for his book, you won't find it with UFOs and all that. You'll find it in the hard science section. Mm. It's listed as hard science. Anyway, he was into Eugenics. But he was from Germany also. But go ahead. You want to get into Delshad?
2: No, we only got a couple of minutes left here. But I just wanted to uh, to mention uh, Delshaw the book, and also ask you about uh, you know, the, do you really think that all these years later, that what uh, Delshaw saw were in fact uh, either extraterrestrial crafts or maybe something from the Hollow Earth itself?
0: I I believe uh, some of his work was is uh, is. Uh, was used in the creating of, of uh, earthly uh flying machines. I really believe that he was in a secret mm. society called NIMSA. Uh, right. You you got to read the book to understand the whole mm-hmm. story. But he was in a secret society named NIMSA, and uh, he put out a bunch of, uh, of twelve books of, of drawings, which now sell from ten to twenty five thousand in museums all over the world of mm-hmm. flying weird looking flying machines. My co-partner, uh, 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 Pete Navarro, uh, yep. he, 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 he owned them and studied them for 27 years and he broke the secret code that was hidden in them. And according to the code, Del Shaw went out during the gold rush to California, met up with another group of, of, uh, Germans. One of them had discovered an anti-gravity uh, fuel by Woodley was looking for a way to separate gold and mm. they had a secret society called them, uh, no, theirs was called the Snorri Aero Club, which, uh, invented these machines and flew around in them, uh, practicing on them, but they, they wanted to keep it secret because they didn't want it to go to military. They didn't want the military involved. And, uh, uh, in the 18, that was in 1849 in 1896. Uh, Strange flying machines were seen all over this country. They were reported in mm-hmm. local papers, and it wasn't yep. until the 70s or 80s that that was cut, uh, found. It was called the uh, the the uh, flying I forget what it's called. Anyway, it's 1896-97. You can look that up.
2: Uh, yeah, the term flying saucers hadn't, hadn't been coined at that point yet. Yeah, that's uh... yeah, right. right. <laughs> no, no, they
0: were really strange. No, yeah, they were really strange. Uh, they were really strange looking balloon type things, but they were running on the anti-gravity machine. We haven't never found the total connection between those two. Uh, but it's, it's obvious that it was there. Uh, he, he operated out of, out of the gold rush country and the first of those machines were seen over Sacramento, which was a hundred miles away from there. So it's a pretty good way that those are connected. People have connected the, uh, it's called the mysterious I forget. Flying Machines of 1897. You can find right. it. Uh, and people have, uh, con- made some small connection between those and modern UFOs. So there might be a connection all the way to Del It was fun writing the book and I, I, if people read it, they can find it at Amazon. It's called The Secrets of Delsha. D-E-L-L-S-C-H-A-U by Dennis Crenshaw. Or just Google the name.
2: There you go, uh, Dennis. Uh, is there any chance that we'll ever see a follow-up book in the workshop in the next couple of years?
0: A follow-up oh, A follow-up on the Dale Shaw. i kind or, of working on or anything
2: that you're or anything you're working on as a book in general.
0: I am working on a Hollow Earth book, but it won't be what people like. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah. uh, right
0: now, right now, I'm more concerned with. Uh, Trying to help wake people up to what's going on in our country. If we could break, if we could break this, uh, secret government or or deep state or the controllers, whatever you want to call them, if we could break that, we'll find out everything about UFOs and if there is a hollow. Because they, they have the information. That's, that's what the secret society do. They hide information, especially old information. And so, right now I'm, I'm working mostly on that and it uh, you know you guys should really go to my site because it,
2: uh, you'll learn a lot i promise you and i'm
0: sure uh angel will verify that
2: definitely other guy uh, any final questions for dennis before we uh go for the evening
3: no uh very informative dennis to say the least i mean i learned a couple of new things and uh i'm wondering here's an interesting question um When it comes to the beings that are in possibly the hollow earth, how many of them are coming out of water entrances and exits, and how many of them are
0: entrances on land or ice? I believe believe it's, it's equal. I believe they have entrances out of all those places. I believe it's easier for them to come out of the water. I also believe there are civilizations living deep in our ocean. There's more than one civilization down there uh you know I always like to say that this might be a good place to end it all. I always like to say this: if you believe in God, do you believe God would build a house and put everybody on the roof where the weather and all is <laughs> Good question, and, well, and you well, know yeah, you know yeah. Uh, you know uh, the sun is what destroys us, the sun is what gives us wrinkles and age it's diseases. Uh, never mind what all the stuff to do world order is doing. But the sun, I believe that, that we were put here as an experiment. I believe that at all planets, and they found evidence on this, on, uh, on this anywhere they've gone, that in all planets, the civilizations live inside, and we were brought from somewhere to be an experiment to see if man could live on the outside of the world. That's what I believe. Interesting.
2: Well, it's uh, a fair enough uh, theory and uh, one that I could actually say that it's not that far-fetched from my own personal theory of how everything uh, coexists. And uh, I think we're quarantined here, Dennis, by uh, not only the shadow governments, but by the extraterrestrials who might have had a hand in, in creating who we are. And uh, we, we're quarantined here and that's why getting off Earth going uh, you know, elsewhere is going to be tiresome like that yawn. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have here on Skywatchers Radio. This has been an amazing interview with Dennis Crenshaw. Thank you, Dennis, for being on the show with us, man. It's been a lot of fun having you on.
0: Anytime, man, Any Anytime.
2: Appreciate, it. appreciate your time and, uh, I know it's getting late, so we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, guys, uh, we're gonna be back next week with another amazing interview with another great guest. Don't know who yet, so stick around and we'll, uh, tell you on the website, skywatchersradio.com. Go over there for the podcast of this ed- very episode, which will be live within the next, uh, I don't know what, five minutes, ten minutes, something around there. And, uh, Somewhere Dennis, about there. one more time, the website is, so everybody go over and, uh, start checking out what you're working on. Here's the URL uh, one more time.
0: Yes, www.thehollowearthinsider.com. And thank you, guys. Check out my site.
2: Guys, like I always say, keep looking to the stars and to the skies. And if you see anything, call me. We'll talk about it. Peace, everybody. Don't forget, Take care.
0: Don't, don't forget to look down, too.
2: Look down also, <laughs> yes. Have a good night, everybody.